0: And welcome to the eighth episode of Where We Grow From Here, produced by S2G Ventures. In today's episode, we're joined by Walter Robb, former co CEO at Whole Foods Market and executive in residence at S2G, and Audra Kapachinskis, vice president at S2G. Audra and Walter recently co authored and published a Future of Food white paper. We're thrilled to welcome them to the podcast today to discuss the future of food through the lens of retail and the food marketplace. Walter, Audra, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jess. Hey, Jessica. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thrilled to be able to sit down with both of you and talk more about this white paper that had just come out. Walter, I've heard you say time and time again the significance of the moment and what is happening in retail and the food marketplace cannot be overstated. As a lifelong retailer, why is this moment so significant?
1: Well, of course, the, the pandemic itself has shined a light on our food system in a way that uh, nothing else has done in the last number of years. One, it showed how essential it is that uh, uh, just to have food. You think about the thought of not having it and what that makes you feel like, but how essential it is to have the grocery stores open. But also, I think, uh, shown how important it is the workers are that make it all go from farm to table. I think we've realized that in, in more profound ways than ever before. Uh, but it's also shown at the same time the vulnerabilities, which is to say, the safety of the workers. Once again, uh, are, can this be done safely? The supply chain has, uh, for the for the first time in memory, has has not come through to where there's you know full products on the shelves. Uh, the meat packing situation showed the over concentration of product in certain areas, were uh, which again left us to some extent uh, vulnerable to price increases or supply outs, and in just in. And so the COVID really is in the moment, but then also we have this, what it has triggered, which is the acceleration to a much more digital world with much more digital op and options. And so that, the moment is both uh, represented in the COVID and represented in the changes that's accelerated into the new retail future. And in that is both uh, challenges and opportunities.
0: Thanks, Walter. It's so helpful to get a sense of why this is indeed a pivotal moment for retail and the food supply chain and the many factors that contribute to this moment. Audra, I know you've been keeping a close pulse on retail in the COVID marketplace since the pandemic hit the U.S. Why is it more important than ever before for us to be talking about the future of food and retail? And can you tell us more about the research and the white paper that was published this last week?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Jessica. Um, so as Walter alluded to, during COVID, grocery retail was really at the epicenter of our food system. Um, you know, you really experienced it as a consumer um, and for the suppliers out there, they they certainly felt an impact as well. Um, so there was tremendous pressure that was placed on some of the trends that were percolating in the background for several years that were really accelerated and and brought to the forefront as a result of COVID. So, for instance, retail bankruptcies and closures reached a 10-year high, um, which increased the spread between the leaders and the laggards in the industry. Um, Another example, after years of expansion, product mix is being rationalized by retailers who are seeking to provide products consistently to to customers and manage their um, complex supply chains. Um, and then as Walter mentioned, digital, you know, digital sales doubled, even tripled, um, targets digital sales as an example, um, we're up 200% in Q2. Um, so that has a huge impact on things like product discovery, upsell opportunities, engagement tactics. Um, we, in our white paper, um, we looked at what happens, you know, as things become increasingly digitized in the channel And generally what you see is disintermediation and shifts in market share. Um, So when you think about anecdotes from other industries, um, you can think about the transition from VHS tapes to DVDs to streaming services. Um, And as the food space becomes increasingly digitized as a result of this um, experience that we're having through COVID, um, we expect to see changes both upstream and downstream in our food supply chain. So given all of this, Walter and I felt that the industry was at an inflection point, and um, that we really wouldn't come out of this unchanged. Um, whether it's real estate or data strategy or brand building, um, everything seems to be be reevaluated at this point. Um, and so, it seemed to be an appropriate time to write a, a white paper focused on on the future of food through the lens of grocery retail.
0: Absolutely. Audra, as you highlighted, we're not coming back out of this unchanged. So I'd love to dig and go a little deeper into this topic on what's happening. Walter, how has COVID impacted grocery and retail? Um, I've heard you reference many times you've always been in the people business and top grocers focus on their customers. So how is the customer evolving in a COVID and even a post-COVID world?
1: Well, as, as Audra just said, the you know, they've, they've, uh, they've accelerated, uh, you know, three years of digital uh, adoption and done it in a couple of months. So I think it surprised everybody how quickly that happened. We're seeing a customer who's taking far less trips out there. Uh, they're working at home, so sort of 50% plus working at home, which looks like it extends into 2021. They're cooking at home uh, in ways that they, you know, they typically you see half and half food away from home, food at home, and it's far north of that now where folks are cooking at home. So they've changed their their uh, their traffic patterns. They don't, they're not, you know Saturday isn't necessarily the biggest day anymore in grocery as they as they uh, are working at home they're they're shopping differently they're adopting and adapting to kind of what the the world looks like now, which is just fewer trips and when they do go out, they buy a much bigger basket, uh, whether they're online or in the store. So you know what we've seen here is that the food stores uh, being essential uh, were able to stay open and as a result uh, adopt earlier than other retailers who are now trying to catch up also advantage to the larger retailers who've got the resources to be able to, to invest against the situation and to put themselves in a better position to serve the customers. And so the customers have chosen to give them and reward them with more market share, uh, which is exactly, that we've seen a kind of a fundamental shift in market share during this time. And who of the winners have been the larger retailers, the, those that have given up share, are the smaller retailers, and some of them who may not make it back. So a shift in the landscape in that way. Um, but, uh, what's also been interesting is that customers and Audra did some great work on this in the paper, but the customers also kind of, um, in addition to continuing to move towards, you know, uh, wellness and sustainability brands, they also went back to brands that were comfort. They want, they want brands, brands that feel safe and that they can trust. And in a time like this, where they kind of pull in a bit, uh, they've actually chosen to select some of these brands that have, uh, you know been around for a very long time for exactly that reason. So it's kind of an interesting combination of uh factors and behaviors out there that are uh that is still is still uh, is still is still shifting as we speak and as we as we wrote the paper, but those are some of the ones that we've identified and seem like they'll be with us uh, into well into next year. Mm-hmm.
0: I would imagine many of our listeners can certainly relate to your comments on changes in shopping and consumption patterns, and as you put it, adapting and adapting to this new way of life. Audra, in your role at S two G, you're constantly focused on innovation and growth. From your vantage point, given the changing complexities of retail during a global pandemic and cracks emerging across the entire supply chain, can you speak more to what you're seeing as the greatest opportunities for innovation?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Jessica. Um, So for both brands and retailers, we're moving into an era where data is no longer a, a nice to have, but table stakes to be able to deliver on unique products, um, as well as match them with the, the right customers at the right time for the right experience. And the, the customer journey with product discovery is changing, as Walter mentioned. So, you know, we have officially left the leave it to beaver era of, of grocery, where folks walk around with a, a large shopping cart, looking at what's new at the grocery store. Um, and we're now in a new era where there are you know, convenience expectations, there are curation expectations, and you're really starting to see the emergence of this um, emergence and power of this next generation consumer. Um, and so for us, you know, through our research, um, and you can read more about, about this in our, in our report, um, there's really three pieces to the future of retail um, that we see. Uh, The first is commerce. So thinking about smart fulfillment technologies, rethinking resiliency and fresh. This is really closely related to um, developments in the controlled agriculture or indoor agriculture space. Um, And then obviously omni-channel capabilities are are huge um, and increasingly becoming table stakes. The second piece that we think a lot about is community. So how are you engaging with your customers through digital content, offering frictionless in-store experiences? Obviously that started with safety, but that is now going to be moving into the convenience category post COVID. And then um, transparency within that is increasingly important. The third piece that that we've uh, thought a lot about is content. So thinking about product curation. Thinking about how to incorporate more of a functional food or food as medicine um, offering, so this pharmacy-focused concept that we talk about internally, Um, and then sustainability as brand affinity um, for your own operations and also through the, the brands that you choose to carry in your store. Um, So given the the trends that we're seeing for brands, we think there's huge opportunity to rethink distribution strategy and direct customer engagement. Um, There's also some really interesting work being done on lifestyle-aligned sales strategies, um, which I think could be uh, its own separate uh, white paper. And then for existing retailers, you know, it's really time to play defense. Um, The customers that they have are theirs to lose, and uh, their competitors aren't just the grocery retailer that's down the street, um, it's now lifestyle aligned convenience stores, the retail pharmacies, the D2C brand. So um, lots of really interesting developments in the marketplace.
0: It's really great. And I know Walter alluded to it a few times, but you were instrumental in pulling this retail report together. And I'd be curious to know what really surprised you or stood out?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think for me, it's it's the realization that everything comes full circle. Um, so we looked at just kind of the um, the emergence of grocery retail as we know it today. And, you know, when you looked at um, the, the first original kind of stores that existed in the early 1900s, um, they offered things like credit to their customers so that they could match kind of their av- availability of cash with what they needed to buy at the time. Um, and they offered local delivery. And so, you know, when we look at the the industry today and how things are trending, we really see elements of this original experience in the early 1900s being revisited with, with new technologies and, and new approaches in the 21st century.
0: Very interesting. Speaking of, you know, new technologies and moving forward, Walter would love to talk more about the future. What does retail look like five years from now?
1: You know, that's my favorite question. And first of all, let me say, I actually grew up, I watch and leave a so I kind of like that show, but I do realize it's in (laughs) in the past now. (laughs) But, uh, I I, I do want to shout out Audra for doing such a great job pulling so much of this material together. But look, I think we're going to see, uh, again, we're going to see a future where, uh, you know, this both the pickup and the delivery options for customers are going to be, the customers like that choice. They they, they like going, you know, they, this this has been driven to some extent by the safety concerns, but I think they realize the convenience is there. And we could see a situation, you know, five to eight years from now where we're 30, 40% of a business could be done in those manners as it becomes more and more seamless. I think we'll see physical stores begin to tighten up a little bit, focus more on fresh but they'll have digital options, in other words, you'll come in there and you may have pre-ordered or you may order and then they'll that'll be pulled for you. It'll be assembled in a different way than it is today. You'll see multiple formats where people are are uh, trying uh, you know to offer greater convenience for example, uh both Starbucks and Nordstrom have put together mini units now that are just basically uh, stop by and pick up your mobile order or you could get certain services. Uh, We'll certainly see the digital world evolve in terms of the feature set. What I mean by that is, for example, Domino's offering you the option now to uh, where do you want your pizza placed as opposed to just it gets plopped on your front door or, you know, Ulta Beauty offering the chance to kind of essentially do your makeup online uh, because you can't really do it at the store right now during the COVID. But more broadly speaking, I think we'll see movement towards much greater transparency we're going to see uh, more concern around the food access, particularly given the disparities that have been unearthed during the COVID crisis. We'll see changes in the diversity of food as, as we try new crops in the, in the era of climate change. And we will see, a, I think, overall a greater focus on the food system, health and management, and the connection with health care. Um, some of the recent legislation has allowed for experiments in that respect, and I think we'll see the food system, which is so ultimately critical, to climate, to health, to community, uh, really take front and center in the uh, in the public dialogue around uh, those sorts of issues. But finally, for retailers, I think with the new, changing world, uh, they're going to have to re-earn, or regain, or gain again, or continue to earn the trust and loyalty of their customers. Uh, you know, whether it's through the protection of their data, whether it's getting to know them personally, as Audra mentioned, through their uh, the tools that are now available, uh, or just plain servicing them. Uh, and, and giving them what they need when they want it, uh, which is what customers are going to be expecting these days. Uh, that trust and loyalty will have to be earned anew, uh, which is always has always been the challenge of retail and the joy of retail, quite frankly.
0: As a customer, the retail of the future sounds pretty exciting from my perspective. So I'd love for you to take a moment to share a tip or a piece of advice for our operators and others listening during this critical time.
1: Yeah, well, it's really, you know, retail itself is the word comes from the, it really comes from the French roots and the and the ability to constantly change, which is what retail is. And so we, I think the retailers have all shown us a lot of resiliency and their ability to adapt to a very uh, uh, unsettling situation that happened very quickly. And I think what needs to happen now is they, they've got to cultivate the willingness to evolve and change. Uh, and move with these things that we've been talking about this morning uh, to be able to really be successful going forward. So whether it's the adoption of the new tools, uh, you know, refocusing on their customers, uh, you know, shopping patterns, whatever it is, it's just the the courage and the willingness to make the changes necessary to continue to serve their customers.
0: Speaking of changes, Audrey, you've spoken a lot about innovation and opportunities in the market. What will companies need to do to be successful in the future in a rapidly evolving marketplace?
3: Yeah, Jessica, that's a great question. I mean, they have to keep up. Um, The market is evolving so rapidly, um, and the winners are going to be those who um, can not only keep up, but also be proactive. Um, As a baseline, setting up internal systems so they have the data and the tech stack to be able to capture everything they need to optimize their own operations, identify emerging opportunities, and then proactively move forward. That'll be a a big piece. Um, The the second piece to think about is partnerships and really understanding what's core to your business and how a third party could provide leverage and scale. Um, SUG spends quite a bit of time engaging with industry, uh, everyone from technology companies to retail. Retailers. Um, and there's some really great collaborative work being done today, uh, whether it's Walgreens working with CVS on a pilot or retailers partnering with indoor ag operators to bring fresher produce to their stores, Um, this convergence of form factors is is really pushing the industry to think differently. Uh, Restaurants becoming specialty markets, producers increasingly going direct to consumer, um, lifestyle or outcome-based models focusing on specific needs of consumers – Uh, super exciting, tons of opportunity. Um, And I think the the winners will be those who identify the opportunities with ancillary industries um, and partners and and bring them into the fold. Um, And that could range from anything from uh, robotics to adding intelligence to operations to expanding into, you know, totally uh, new areas that perhaps traditionally were not part of grocery retail.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you both taking the time to sit down with us on the podcast. Is there anything we did not discuss that you'd like to share with our listeners today?
1: Well, no pun intended. This would be the moment to say we hope people will take a moment to read our paper about the moment of retail. And it's been fun sharing that with everybody this morning.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Where We Grow From Here and our discussion today on the future of food through the lens of retail and the supply chain. As Walter noted, we hope you'll take a moment to check out the future of food white paper live on S2G's website. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite streaming service and avoid missing any future episodes.